You're listening to the Current Plays Podcast, Episode 14, Warhammer Underworlds. Now please welcome our hosts, Jordan and Thomas. And welcome back, wonderful listeners. This week, we're talking Warhammer, but not 40K. We're talking Warhammer Underworlds, the Warhammer's uh, board game adaptation of their uh, warring universe, I guess, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess this would be uh, kind of their mortal mortal realms is what they refer to it as, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather it's than like, the, the sci-fi setting, this is more the fantasy setting. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting because they used to have Warhammer Fantasy and then that got trashed and now it's Warhammer Age of Sigmar is but yeah. like pretty much set in the same realm, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I, I I don't know a whole lot about the lore of Age of Sigmar, but um essentially I mean being Sigmar is a god in the uh mortal realms and i think the gist of it is that the fantasy world kind of like died out chaos won and destroyed everything and okay. then sigmar was able to like i don't know I, I i don't know the exact terms uh but like warp everything to a new dimension or something like that i think that's kind of it okay. so like he only brought stuff that was good to this new good in quotations because <laughs> everything in Warhammer is, you know, not what it seems or, or or dangerous or whatnot. But yeah, came to this new thing. And then, of course, everything starts to seep back in all the evil and all the, oh, you know, now Slanesh, the, the god of or the yeah chaos god of corruption well not really i don't know slanesh is a weird one but you know slanesh made it into the world and then all the other chaos gods and everything else and all the negative stuff is in this world now too right so hmm. but yeah mortal realms uh which honestly i don't even know why it's considered the mortal realms because technically i don't know 40k stuff you have mortals <laughs> as well so i i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> everything's squishy i guess i don't know wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff <laughs> that's exactly it uh but i gotta say like i'd love to get more into the uh the lore of the age of sigmar stuff and you know um underworlds was a great way to kind of dip our toes in it without yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say without breaking the bank, but <laughs> how many war bands do you have now? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> in your defense, <laughs> what what no what happened? This should be in our main segment, not our place segment. But so what happened? Uh, you the the Nether Maze set came out, and you like went ahead and got it. And yeah, you're so, like, yeah, jo join me, brothers. And I'm like, <laughs> I will heal your call. I will come to you, Thomas. And I will. I'm like, maybe I'll just buy one war band. And then <laughs> I got to J&J's and I'm like, OK, uh, what one war band or do I get the starter set? <laughs> And I think I actually 
I think I actually held out and got just the one warband for like a day. And then I went back <laughs> and got the starter set. Uh, which so got then, two more warbands. Which is two more warbands. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we were playing Kevin. We were playing yes. with Kevin and we needed another board. Oh, so that's, that's why right. I had yes. to go get the uh, the other starter. Had to go you get the other starter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what, and, that's exactly how it's how it goes, right? right? Oh well, yeah. we need the third board. I guess I have to buy it then. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other two warbands were um, a Christmas present, so yeah, I, I take no responsibility for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean uh, Warhammer Underworlds, and of course we'll get into like the review part in the second half. But basically, you know, it's got these. It's done in seasons, so each season they come out with they release a new like core box. And then one recently was the like starter box as well. Right. Which wasn't really yeah. a uh, season, but it was like a good jumping point for people to get on. Right. So you can either just go and grab a, uh, uh, a war band, a one-off, or you can get one of these starter boxes or core boxes and you get two war bands and all the tokens and all this stuff. Right. And yeah, I mean, I've always been a big uh, Skaven fan. Uh, which is like the rat people, if you're not familiar with them. Uh, I've always thought they were cool, and it was some something I'd love to get more into, but I also don't want to, I, I don't know, get into too many GW yeah. product lines because <laughs> we're already involved in two, right? Uh, so yeah, when I saw the Skaven, this new band came out, they were new sculpts, so I was like, I have to have this. And our buddy Kevin was down. He was like, you know what? I like the other army in that box. So if you'll sell me that, like we can go in on the box kind of thing. And that's what we did. Yep. Uh, and and yeah, we could convince you to, well, Kevin and I are, are in now. You have to jump <laughs> in too, Jordan. So, yeah. But anyways, we'll get more into that yeah. as we get into that, uh, uh, into the second half of the episode, right? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to start out, if you don't mind. No, please. Um. Talking about scythes a little bit. Mm. So I, I wanted to mention this a couple of times and it never really came up, but I, I saw on Reddit today that Stonemeyer is doing a pre-release for uh, their new game based. It's a, the sequel to Scythe, they're, they're calling it, called yeah, Expeditions. Yeah. yeah. And I pre-ordered it today. So, <laughs> yeah, all uh, of like I'm one day. So excited. And then you... <laughs> you, oh. you <laughs> Dude, it like, yeah, I no. as soon as I saw it, I was like, I, I have to buy this. I have to own it. Um, and they have a limited number. They're doing a limited number of the Ironclad edition. Oh, so, wow. I didn't know that. Um, they're not doing a Kickstarter, but what they're doing is a pre-order just so they know how many units to to make. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Ironclad edition yeah, is going to be limited. So it kind of made sense. Like if, if you want to make sure you get the ironclad edition, like pre-order it. Right. And I never pre-order stuff, but it's Stagmire. Like, sorry, <laughs> it's, well, it's Jamie Stagmire, but it's a Stonemire yeah. game. Right. So, yeah. and, and it's size, size, my favorite game. And I know I'm going to love it. So I read the whole rule book and I was like, yep, I got to do this. And, but I mean, it, with a title, you know, you're going to enjoy like yeah. I mean, you might as well. Uh, but what's the differences between the um, 
the ironclad edition versus the just regular like why is that one uh limited let's say it's uh so with the regular edition it's plastic minis Mm -hmm. um and with the ironclad edition you get like big chunkier metal mechs nice and now i remember working with metal from um our horse horse days days, right y'all uh Sorry, I gotta make sure that my dog's not licking his stitches. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I remember working with metal minis from the hordes days, and they they weren't like you can't get as detailed with the metal minis as with the plastic minis. But I figured they're big, chunky mechs anyway. Yeah, and yeah. The, the the metal minis have. They just they have an an awesome weight, right? Like just the weight to them as you move them around the board is just spectacular. Yeah, and and when you're so when we talk about scythe, then we talk about the actual like um, world of scythe, right? Like those mechs are very uh, steampunky, uh, early tech kind of uh, right. Uh, so so metal versions of the mechs makes sense with the i think they're just going to be come out like really cool yeah uh, to like without just knowing especially with knowing how stonemeyer games is when and, and how they like to do things for the community like like we've talked about numbering boxes and stuff like that those just i feel like the, these are going to be good right the, yeah you, you know they're going to do a jo- they're going to do a job that the community is going to appreciate for sure that's yeah. another difference actually was the ironclad edition is going to have a printing mm. uh yeah, yeah, number yeah. on them yeah like so it's going to be super limited yeah especially if they only do one like print run of this yeah, yeah yeah that's cool yeah so but um yeah the the reason i wanted to talk about scythe was i made a mistake uh when i talked about it before and i said that i was a little bit disappointed with the one expansion and sure. I, I said it was the Rise of Fenris expansion, and I was totally wrong. Is the Invaders from Afar expansion right. that has yeah. the two other factions? So they did this game was originally a Kickstarter, right? And I think the two other factions came with the Kickstarter, right? But right. then eventually they released them as a, as an expansion. Um. So the first mistake I made was like, I called it the wrong thing, but the second mistake I made was. I've actually had a chance to play them more now. Mm, okay. And yeah. when I first played them, they just, they play so much differently than the other five expansion or five factions. I mean, sure. The other five factions. Sure. They play differently from each other. Um, but these two are like wildly different, right? Sure. Which I think yeah. is why at first I was like, I don't like these factions. But you just have to play them differently, right? Sure. You have, have a to, different mindset going in. Yeah. You have yeah. to completely change up your strategy. Um, that's one thing I love about Scythe is just the depth of different strategies that you can employ. Like, well, I don't want to get too much into it, obviously, <laughs> yeah. because we're going to do yeah. a review of this probably yeah. in a few weeks. But um, it just so much depth of strategy and and this is like a board game that has a competitive scene 
Yeah. And the yeah. strategies that have changed through that competitive scene without the board game changing. You know what I mean? Like even using the base rules, the strategies have changed. So yeah, it's really neat. Stoutmeyer games are, are so interesting in the fact that like you get these communities that play these, but then you get these people that do like just like number crunching data analysis on on yeah. on these things, right? Because there's there's spreadsheets out there where you can look at people. I played sides one thousand times using all these different things, and here's the <laughs> you know th- that exists out there, and it exists for a lot of you know Jamie Stegmeyer's games, which is so interesting because you don't see that. Well, I love Dungeon Lords, Dungeon Pets. There's no spreadsheets out there, you know, talking about all the different right. strategies or whatever, right? That that yeah. doesn't exist in those games, uh, but. I feel like with Stonemeyer games, it's like you talk about tapestry. There's there's tons on that. You talk about uh, size, wingspan, even right, and even like numbers wise. You look at uh, when I was on the website today after you said you pre ordered. uh, It was really neat. They have a uh, like uh, uh, a printout of how many copies of the various games they've sold and wingspan. Scythe was a huge number, like five five hundred thousand plus copies sold of this game, which is massive for a board game, right? And Wingspan was like over a million or something like that, over a million copies sold, wherever, right? But like, wow, it just, yeah, just it, it, those games, like Stonemaier games. It's just, uh, yeah, they're they're um, kind of a phenomenon in the in the in the industry for sure, right? Like, definitely. I mean, everybody knows them, right? So, and, and and rightfully so, because they do a good job. Yeah, yeah. I am wingspan's going to have to go on my list now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure of it, right? Yeah, yeah. After yeah. after I've trash talked it like a couple of times on this podcast, but now I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to have to own it. <laughs> <laughs> we play it once with Marcus, and then uh, you're you're sold back on it to to to, to check it out, right? But now you know what no, I think. I think because the games are so deep that uh, yeah, you can you can like you said even even in the example the example with Scythe here, these two other factions from the expansion playing them some more, you've started to change your mind. Okay, maybe. Maybe it was my thought process going in that was the problem, not necessarily these factions, right? Yeah. And and maybe they're, you know, some of the base factions are better because you enjoy that style of play better, but you you know, you could still see merits of 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 the newer factions just going, okay, okay, maybe I I judge them too quickly and these are pretty cool, maybe not my favorite, but I can understand how this faction is a good faction overall, mm-hmm. let's say, right? So mm-hmm. oh, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's a couple factions that you look at and you go, okay, you want to play them fast. You want to play them aggressive. Yeah. And yeah. it's easy to think that all of the factions are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, if I want to win this game, I got to get my engine going quickly and I've got to, you know, spread out on the board and, and attack my neighbors, you know, get those combat points and, um, you try to win the game quickly, and and that is a very viable strategy. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know with scythe, you have different factions that have their own special abilities, and they start in different places of the board. 
And that is deceptively important where those factions start. Sure. Then you get a a board. uh, The... um, yeah, what is that called? Yeah, what is it they called? can be like industrial yeah. or farming or whatever the case may be. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, I, I want to say, say like a class, but like it's it, not class. I want to say they're called the player boards, which you would think is the the factions, yeah. but yeah. I I think they're called the player boards. Um, and they have your engine on them, and they're all slightly different. Like they do the same things, but. There's a top row action and a bottom row action. Mm-hmm. And on each board, those are in different combinations. And it's crazy how that changes the game. What what faction you've got with the combination of the board completely changes how you have to play that specific game. Yeah, and that and that's not an understatement. Like it, it can wildly change your strategy for that for that from game to game yeah having even having the same okay i I am the uh rusviets uh this time but i'm industrious versus i'm the rusviets and i'm a farming uh civilization this time right yeah yeah totally different play styles right yeah yeah you 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 might have some overlapping stuff but like yeah yeah it's it's uh it's fascinating how how different they can be so with some of those boards that you get, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can't get a quick engine going. So what you have to do is you have to play a disruptive strategy. So instead of you getting your engine off the ground quick, spreading out and um, y- y- you know winning that way, you have to basically target those players that are doing that and then get in their face, you know, <laughs> steal their resources um, or spread out on the board so that you've controlled more territories so that they can't win or you gain popularity. Uh, there are brackets for scoring uh, and it's all based on popularity. So if you're in the yeah. lower bracket, everything you're scoring scores fewer points per unit you know, versus the the next high bracket up and then the, the highest bracket. And that's done through uh, popularity. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you can't get a good engine going, you want to grab a lot of popularity off the top, right? To stall everyone else from ending the game because they don't want to end it, obviously, if you're, you got the most points. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like, there's a lot of so much depth to it it's it's awesome i love it so today i picked up the 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 actual rise of fenris uh expansion and that one's the campaign one right yeah 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 so it's a campaign expansion that's completely resettable so it's not yeah yeah, you're not permanently altering your board or ripping up cards or putting stickers on or anything everything like there are there are are stuff that adds permanence from game to game to game. Sure. Yeah. But and I think there's eight missions it says. Uh but yeah, at any point you're like, oh, okay, reset, start with a new group of friends, start a solo campaign, you know, whatever the case. So and and, and I think that's a big thing there too, what you just said, the solo campaign, right? Yeah. Uh, because it's so hard 
two and i know a lot of gaming groups have this problem that we have it for a slightly different reason but like to get a group together to do a campaign game is is a tough thing to do because you have to play with that same group hopefully uh for each you know eight missions in this uh in this case right yeah uh and and it's i say it's different for us because our thing is we don't get games back to the table as often because we're trying to have more content for the show right so if we're going to get a game to the table maybe we get it twice to the table of those eight you know plays it's it would hard to do so you having that solo at least allows you to play that and experience the full full thing even if we can't say do it together right which is always nice like you know uh, we played gloomhaven uh jaws of the lion right we were we uh episode 10 uh that was right um that one there i played that solo through the entire campaign and then when you and i played we played three or four uh missions of it uh and that's likely you know where we'll end for at least Oh, it, we may get back to it at some point, but we there's just so much stuff to to play and and new things to go over for mm-hmm. the podcast and just in general too. We just have a lot of games between the two of us, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some you know a lot that are sitting there that haven't been played. Um, you know, even before we started the podcast, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I had last year I had sent uh, set a challenge to get all my unplayed games to the table uh and it, it, i didn't complete it <laughs> i was not successful i did get you know it, it helped me play stuff we'd never played before but i could not get through the level of uh you know they they talk about shelf of shame for <laughs> miniatures it's the same for board games when you got an unplayed board game that uh <laughs> you've bought and it sits on the shelf for six months eight months a year oh yeah i'll get that to the table one day right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people in in the community talk about that I, which is to to jump on uh you know we've well i think we've mentioned on the show now by the time you hear this of course uh it'll have come and gone but we're we're attending tricon this year and we have a panel of the of getting into you know how to get into board games and your the the kind of good things to do and the, and the things to avoid uh, in gaming. And I think one of the ones to definitely avoid is to be purchasing <laughs> games that you're not sure when you're going to be able to get. The, you know, I, I, I look at some of them and I got, you know, I, I, I buy the game cause I love the theme. So there's one of my wise guys. It's on my shelf and I had to have this game because it's mafia themed. And I, and I love that. Uh, and, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I as soon as I saw it announced, uh, Gale Force Nine. I was like, "Oh, Gale Force Nine. and this one is fantastic. They did Spartacus. They did the uh, this one's like a reimplementation of the uh, Sons of Anarchy um, IP game that they have, but now with the Mafia theme, right? So I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm all over this." I went out and bought it. It sat there now for I don't know. <laughs> we're at least four four months in, if not more. But right. it's a three player minimum game oh. so, so who knows when i'll ever get it to the table right well uh, and i think max five as well so yeah like, i brought it to breakout con uh and then we had six players so i was like okay well 
I have bootleggers, thankfully. We'll play that and we'll get the Mafia theme. But, you know, now we have too many players for this yeah. one. So it was, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, yeah, when Kevin lived here in mm-hmm. another life mm-hmm. for a brief shining moment, we all got to play <laughs> three-player games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, <sighs> ones like that too, like it says three, but I think they shine at five, like the max player counts, because right. that's when you get more interaction between players. And that's what you want in those, those yeah. types of games, at least. Right. But you know, well, but we'll have talked about all of this <laughs> in our, in our, in our panel. Right. So I'm sure we came yeah. up with all the, uh, correct information to give, uh, everybody that attends. <laughs> <laughs> Hope hope some of you made it out. Um, hope yeah, uh, yeah hope thanks some for of coming. you people listening, <laughs> you know, saw us there and and joined the show. But yeah, absolutely. I wanted right, to so, yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> just just briefly before we talk about what we played this week, I mm-hmm. I wanted to give a shout out to Thames Cosmos. Mm. Um, so they do make board games. Yeah, um, we own a few of them yeah we do uh one other thing they do they make like kids toys uh they're these sort of um you know mechanical things that okay so for example my son has this like cyborg hand thing that we put together interesting Uh, yeah yeah they come on sprues oh fantastic so it like tingled my you know modeling (laughs) uh bones um so yeah, you you cut all the pieces out of the the sprues and you stick them all together, all like push fit, and it builds like these crazy machines. Like so, he we built this like completely articulating cyborg hand, and it has hydraulics in it, and oh, like get out, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Um, for my daughter, we got like this uh, candy claw machine. So you're building like your own tiny. That's Candy cool. Claw yeah, machine yeah. thing, right? Uh, <laughs> well, my wife was doing this with her, and accidentally <laughs> that's this is this is how this is a good start so far. <laughs> well, she accidentally broke one of the pieces. Sure, right? And it was it's a one of the hydro pieces that goes on the hydraulics part. So, like, without it, like the whole thing doesn't work. Tiny bit of plastic broke. This whole thing is trash now. Oh right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was really upset, and I'm like, "Don't freak out. Let me get in touch with them." I'm like, "I'm sure we can buy, you know, a replacement sprue." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sent an email to the company. They're like, "Yeah, what's your address?" And we'll give you, you know, instructions after that. And and I give my address, and they're like, "Okay, we're sending you a new sprue." Wow, like. Amazing, like and yeah. I think they're UK based, yeah, could, right? And and just yeah, uh, yeah, we're in Canada, like okay, no problem. Here you go, like amazing, amazing. That's, that's so awesome, yeah, yeah. I was so happy with their service, like just incredible. So, I wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, yeah, I would totally support them again, you know, gonna check out some more of their games because wow, that was that was really cool. They're really popular in the uh in the exit games, right? Because they do all of those. That 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 big line of all the exit um almost right. like escapes 
escape room style games, right? So yeah, that's yeah. that's all them, right? That's that's what they do. And and that's such that those are an interesting uh take on the kind of uh board game genre, right? Because they're they're escape rooms and and obviously it's not a room, but like a challenge, let's say, in a box. Uh and they're they're one-time uh playthings, right? Which yeah. I, I know some people go Oh, okay. You you buy a board game, you can only play it once. But yeah, I feel like they're priced in the right like ten yeah. to twenty bucks. You get one adventure. It takes a few hours, but like it's it's a good experience. Like yeah. you and I, we've played one. We went through the one. There were oh, yeah. I I I complained about one of the hints in there going. That's not fair. Whatever. But <laughs> I mean. <laughs> They're, they're they're fun they're yeah. they're they're neat little things you play them you have your experience you cut things up you you shred things you fold things and then then afterwards yeah. yeah yeah that was fun that was good and you 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 toss it in the trash right i but- did one with my wife and um the first time i like i ripped a page out or like fold a page she was like oh <gasps> What are you doing? <laughs> like you're supposed to do this. Yeah. Like that's after this, it's done. We're not using it again. Yeah, yeah. No. And, and they're meant to do that, right? You're not yeah. supposed to use them again because you're some of the like even in the ones we did, like when you were figuring out some of these puzzles, you had to fold it in such a way or tear right. it here in such a way. I yep. think one of the things where we had to like put a pen through the sheets and see where it like popped out on the other side and be like, Oh, okay. Look at this or whatever. Right. Yeah, so like yeah. that kind of, you know, you get those kind of, uh, uh, puzzles that, yeah, once you do it, there's no way to reset it. Right. Uh, having said that, it, it, it's got those like <laughs> legacy kind of game features, but it's still nice. Like you said, with the rise of Fenris, when you can have something that is resettable yeah. so that, you know, okay. Eight, eight, Thing campaign and then you said it but at but that when price, it's when it's like a puzzle like once you've yeah. solved the riddle like you that you're not gonna play it again because you know the answer yeah i think their biggest like comparison for the exit games is the unlock uh games which is a different publisher right and those ones uh similar in the like escape room challenge in a box but you don't tear up anything and you don't mm-hmm. there it's more card play uh but it's the same thing like you pay it's they're uh in the same sort of um price category but you you play those once and then you put it back in the box uh and it's you're never going to play it again cuz you you've solved it but you can at right. least then go and pass it on i could be like hey you know jordan i played this with my wife we're done here you go play it with your wife right mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. then you can play it there um but i feel like they're they're just they're in the same vein but they're 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 different products right uh one is card based so the unlock you're doing cards and you're flipping cards and looking at new cards and the the exit has more like physical interaction puzzles in it so you lose that in the card based game because you can't tear things up. You can't bend right. things. You can't rip out pages of the rule book <laughs> and be like, oh, if I play, you know. Yeah. So, you know, they're two different experiences. But yeah, th- Thames and Cosmos, um, that, that that's amazing. Them sending you out a sprue. Like that's, that's you know, top, top notch. And I love when publishers do stuff like that because, yeah, it, it makes you want to support them more. 
right? Yeah. Like, okay, uh, now you're out and you say, oh, uh, look at that. I Here's another Thames and Cosmos thing. Why don't I pick it up? They, you know, I, I, I trust their work. So why not, right? Yeah. Why or you're looking between things, right? two yeah. different games and one's Thames Cosmos. So I'm going to be like, well, go with that one then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They have uh, a, a new one recently, or a reprint of one that I keep looking at. It's a Robin Hood one. And I love oh, that okay. theme too. Um, but it, it looks like it. Yeah, yeah. They got a, they they got some cool uh, IP stuff out. Well, IP, I don't know. Uh, uh, cool themed uh, things out there too. That uh, yeah. And and you're I, right. We we both own uh, some of the stuff yeah. from them in our collections as well. I think they do Lost Cities too, right? Which is a two-player like yes. card-based game that I've heard a lot of good things about. Yeah, actually, my brother had that on his list at one point. Uh, he asked for it for last Christmas, and I picked that up for him, not realizing that I it was like eight bucks at J and J's. I was like, "Oh wow, what a great deal!" Well, I picked up the roll and write version of it, oh. so not the right <laughs> version. Was like, and I noticed, of course, after I gave it to them, I'm like, I like. He opened it up and it was like Lost Cities. And then I was looking at the title while he was opening. It was like Rolling Right. I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> so that one, not exactly what you asked for, but you know, who knows? Oh boy. Hopefully it was good <laughs> if he played it yet. So after all my going on this <laughs> so far in this episode, have you played anything uh, this week? <laughs> Uh, you know what? It was uh, as far as gameplay wise, I got one game played this week. Uh, so it was a bit of a light week. Uh, uh, a light week. Uh, yeah, yeah, light light week. I got so mixed up with words there. <laughs> uh, but I did get. Uh, I, I instead I I transferred my hobby time, I suppose, mm. into painting. Nice. Uh, so that's what I was doing. So I got uh, got some of the forty k models out. I wanted to finish uh, doing a, uh, a prime coat on them with the airbrush, uh, which again, I will say uh, how, oh man, the airbrush makes priming just so, so fantastically easy. Uh, and it was so <laughs> fun to do too. Uh, but I, I did notice something about the, so I'm terrible with the airbrush in the sense of I have I never know where it's pointed at i can't seem to get that correct so like i'll think i'm pointing somewhere and i'm like it's not painting and then i'll look down and the knee is just like caked with <laughs> so i'm like ah, oh. so i'll like wipe it off or blow it off with the air whatever right uh but so i'm doing this and i've noticed that so I, I I did, I think I had like five models i needed to to, to prime uh five six models that I had built already that I hadn't primed yet. So I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I'll, I'll do that. Well, I, I finished these five fairly quickly and I go, okay, I still got a bit of paint left in the airbrush. I don't want to dump it back into the jar. So what else can I prime here? Like, what? So I look over the shelf and I have some hordes models there. Uh, so I grabbed a couple hordes models off the shelf and I got to say, so the color of GW's plastic uh, it's like a it's like a darker gray tone, right? And I I've never given that a second thought at all. I've even looked at the the uh, plastics for uh, Song of uh, 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 Song Fire. of Ice and Fire miniatures game. Uh, that they're based on whatever army you get, you get the color for that. So like Targaryen, right. I have a Targaryen army, and they're uh, kind of like 
heraldry is is mostly red and the models actually come red okay so the plastic is red cool 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 fantastic yeah. uh the uh, conquest models there were dark gray uh sprue basically right uh so gw is is a darker gray uh sprue and that's cool so when i'm priming i have a uh like a a, a light gray vallejo primer airbrush primer perfect on the gray no problem Okay. Other than not knowing where I'm spraying, but still, you see where I pull out these hordes models. Well, it's this light gray resin uh, and, and some plastic as well. I, I can't see where I spray the paint on, like at all. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where I have primer on this model and where I don't. Like, yeah. and, and it's not like it's bubbling up so I can, no, because I'm putting light little, no idea. So I had two, two massive troll models I did. And I'm sure I missed like, I don't know, 20%, 30% of the model that probably has no primer <laughs> on it, but I can't tell because like, it's the exact same color as the, uh, as the, the model plastic. Right. Yep. So I don't know, props to GW for maybe, I don't know if that's a thought process when you, when you choose a plastic, but I feel like that's kind of a big, <laughs> big deal now. With with priming, where I'm like, I I don't even know how it would prime these these troll models now because the plastic is the exact same color as the the prime. Yeah, I, I, use I, a different color primer, I, dude. Yeah, I know. I could get another, but yeah, I, I paid twenty bucks for the thing of of primer here. I don't want to. I don't want to buy another twenty dollar one to. Yeah, yeah, but you're you're right. It's, As it's I an look easy over solution. at my shelf of <laughs> yeah, I see three of them right now. But nope, nope. There's five large bottles. Five large bottles, and I've got I think two or three smaller bottles <laughs> of there's black, uh, gray, white, and red. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So I have a non. Uh, non-issue issue here, but it's. <laughs> I gave. I poured the rest of the paint back into the bottle after those two bo- oh models. I was like, God. forget it. Uh, now we did get a starter set of the hordes models that came with blue plastic, which was nice because those right. would be easy to prime. Uh, it was just the like regular yeah. sprue colors that was the exact same as the Vallejo airbrush. Well- primer i was using hordes is weird because the models often especially the troll bloods for some reason they they had like three different materials like they they come and they'd be like the body'd be plastic and one arm would be metal and the other arm would be resin like (laughs) yeah i have i have a couple models yeah that are literally three materials metal resin and plastic yeah. And it's the weirdest thing, right? <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, okay. I put the resin onto the metal and the metal onto the plastic and whatever, yeah. right? So weird, weird models, great models, but just, just weird. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was, uh, but other than that, you know, I, I got those primed uh, and then I started uh, base coating. I use contrast paints. So my base coat and my like sh- uh, shades are like one step. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I like to, just kind of like I, I because I play Death Watch. It's a lot of uh, the armor is black, uh, so I, you know, I just did the armor first. I think I got I had ten models there, eleven primed, eleven primed models. I've got through I think six or seven of them. 
uh, that have done the the uh, the black armor on. I like to do two coats to make it a deeper black. Yeah, uh, my models come out really dark, but I'm okay with that. I, I'm fine. <laughs> I throw in some extra colors with the the shoulder pad and and yeah. and whatever to make other areas pop. But the gun will be a red, whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, it was nice to get back into a little painting. Uh, For sure. But I, yeah, I definitely, I I was already just with the seven I've do- done was like, oh man, I'm tired of painting a bunch of, <laughs> it's, it's so, it feels like it's so slow going with, with a unit of, so I got 10 in the unit and then one character model. So I'll ignore the character model, but the unit of 10, yeah, they're very unique against each other because uh, gw comes with a lot of uh you know different heads you can put on each of the models different guns you can put on the models yeah. different like uh, uh uh seals and and knives and helmets or whatever you can place in different areas right uh, so there's a lot of customizable uh aspects to each of the models but you're still painting you know 10 intercessors is what i was painting uh, so even doing seven, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm tired of painting their armor and I know I got to do a second coat on it and then I'm going to get to all the silvers and there's a lot of silvers. The guns go silver. The, the, uh, the, the left arm on the death watch is all silver and, and, uh, there's, yeah, there's a few areas that are, uh, uh, silver, I suppose. Right. Uh, and, and I, it's a funny thing doing, and we talked about this the other day. You do a 10, 10 person squad there and it feels like you're getting nowhere because you're okay. Here's all the black armor and all the black armor again and all the silver and all the silver again. And <laughs> yeah. now the, 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 yeah, the Browns and all the Browns again. Right. Um, but then at the end of it, you're like, Oh wow. I got 10 models complete. Right. Like, so at, yeah. at, at some point it switches and it's just getting there to get to that point where it's like, wow, I'm almost done this whole squad. And they're actually look, they're, they're coming together. They don't just look like these, you know, half, half painted messes, uh, at, that they look like right now. Right. So right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Stick into it. I got to do. And then finish those off. I was also painting a lot the last week because I wanted nice painted models for our game this week yeah yeah for underworlds uh, yeah for yeah. underworlds um so i painted up the banshees uh yeah we'll get into that but yeah i it it's nice these models afforded me the ability to to color with my airbrush so instead of just priming and and base coating i actually got to play with some colors on them um i used almost entirely inks mm. uh so well maybe yeah maybe so <laughs> the like at first i did um pale sand color uh which comes out looking pretty well white like an off white uh when when it's all said and done yeah um and then i had this this blue this like cyan color mm-hmm. um a liquitex ink that i've i picked up ages ago just because i loved the color sure uh and i thought oh like this would be awesome for like a plasma gun or you know some kind of blue glow effect or whatever 
it just looked really awesome. So I, I picked it up when I picked up some other inks and I've never used it. I've never had the opportunity <laughs> to actually put it on a model. Uh, and I did with these guys. So it goes from like um, this like pale sand color to this like cyan color to a deeper blue. And then I put like a, just a hint of purple on the ends. Yeah. Um, and it, so they, these like long flowing cloaks have this like, you know, nice fade of color. Yeah. And they're, and, and they're gorgeous. And, and, and there's something about like, as soon as you like pulled them out too, I was like, oh, you airbrushed those didn't you? Because <laughs> the airbrush has such a beautiful like finish on it. Uh, that just, uh, it's just so smooth and so yeah, natural looking that it's yeah, it's 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 fantastic, uh, and and yeah, you know, I'm kind of, I'm torn here, right? Because this episode we'll 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 throw up. I I know you threw up some of the uh, pictures of the wraiths as you were like priming uh, onto the Instagram our Instagram account, right? Mm. Um, which is great. I'll throw up my uh space marines here as well on there and they're like just it's gonna be complete garbage because then you're gonna put up you know these beautiful you know purple and whites and 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 blue uh cloaks that these uh wraiths have uh, compared to like my blotchy space marines that i have right now uh now of course when i finish them i'll post them too uh, but I, I, I guess I did have my my war my uh, my war band. I had painted previously, so I'll post those yeah. pictures of those up too. And I'm happy with how they turned out. Yeah, I didn't they look use great. an airbrush, uh, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with them. It was um, they. I, I look at them and I go, "That's probably some of my best painting out of everything I've done." Uh, you know, prior to that, right? They're the latest ones I've painted, so the most. <laughs> advanced uh that i've that i've gotten just from practice yeah. i suppose right but yeah yeah no they're 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 fantastic thank you thank you yeah so but i mean yeah you know, uh, painted any like even a badly painted model looks better on the table than than an unpainted model right yeah it certainly does yeah when you're looking at something uh painted there versus just the uh gray plastic of the uh <laughs> Uh, of the mold yeah yeah it 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 looks it looks great and, and plus like once it's on, when it's at table like length from you too even a bad paint job can look decent yeah. when it's on the table right uh, it, you're it, not going to be picking out oh where's the irises in the eyes here right yeah so, yeah yeah i so where this really got me was uh there's a store in hamilton called black knight games mm -hmm. and they've got display cases at the front of the store just filled with painted models and i you know i approach and i go wow look at these models look fantastic and then i get up close and look at them and i'm like no they don't <laughs> they're like yeah they're not yeah. painted nicely they're slapped on but like yeah from table distance they look fabulous they look fantastic it isn't until you like get really close up and inspect it you're like oh this, these are just you know just basically a base coat and i don't even know if they had really any highlights or any you know there's yeah. no special techniques that went into them they just threw some color on and again at, at yeah like you said a table distance they look great yeah it's amazing what a little bit of color can do to those models uh j just making it taking it from the the boring 
uh, gray mold to yeah, it, 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 night and day difference uh, for a pain and bottle. There's that right, yeah, which is great, which is great because I like a lot of people aren't into the hobby of the uh, painting portion of the hobby, right? And and I feel like if you just get in there and throw some colors on it, you'll be amazed at like how quickly your army changes and looks looks so much better. And then if it's your own painting, like that feels so much. Yeah, I painted those guys and they look cool, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's like yeah, almost like a point of pride to have a painted army. And I and and you know rules wise, forty k. Like if you go to a tournament. Uh, I don't even know, first off, if they let you play without having at least a couple colors on your army. I think three. I think you have to have three colors per model, like on each Fair model. Enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I and, and yeah, I guess it all it also depends on what tournaments you're going. If you're going to anything that's like a major GW tournament, they just had that Las uh, Vegas Open. Yeah, you you need painted models if you want to play. Um, but yeah, you, you actually in the rules you get points for having yeah. painted models, right? So so it's like here's a free 10 points uh for for your army because you brought a painted army, right? So I I, I don't know. It, it, but they're right, like having that painted army makes all the difference. Even even playing it was so nice like playing this one and both of us having a painted army. It looked so cool, right? Yeah. So we're playing on the board. The boards are beautiful and the army's beautiful too, you know. Yeah. And you snap some good, you know, shots of that as well. So yeah. Yeah, there's something about that, the the painting that just and you don't like it's a lot easier than you would think uh to 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 paint these models cuz you don't have to do a perfect job. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I think the the one game we got. So I I, I ended up uh, finally seeing my my parents for for Christmas, and they got some uh, board games for the the kids. Actually, got some gifts for my brother as well. I picked up uh, Narcos uh, and uh, and Zol- Zolkin. That's a hard one to say, but uh, the the Mayan calendar game, uh, right? Right. Uh, which looks fantastic, and it was on my list. Uh, it's it's basically you get these giant gears on the board, and I think that's such a neat gimmick that I'm excited to get that to the table. Maybe in the next few weeks, we'll we'll discuss that one. Same with Narcos Two is one um, that I I don't know. Simon just does this really. They do a good job of making games look super interesting just from the artwork and from the uh the i guess theme of the games as well so i have the godfather game that's another uh seabon game and i love that game it's definitely one of my top games which we haven't reviewed yet and we and we should uh but this one looks we played like it a, a lot we have we played it yeah. yeah yeah that's one of probably uh, one of the most played games i think that in you our and i played yeah. together right yeah. yeah for sure right uh, and Narcos has very similar miniatures to it. Boards kind of similar. Uh, so I'm excited to see that on the table and how that plays. Uh, but the game we did end up playing is um, my 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 kids got uh, Dragonwood, uh, which is we spoke last week about game right games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a game right game, and it's a it's a uh, prequel to one I mentioned last week called uh, Dragon Realm. 
Uh, this one's called Dragon Wood. Uh, so it's the prequel game to that. Uh, now, prequel, I don't know if that's the right word, because uh, this one apparently was re-implemented into Dragon Realm. But I feel like they're different enough that you can have both these in your collection. And they fill different spots, right? Okay. So that's why I say prequel, uh, even though, you know, you know, Board Game Geek might say it's a re-implementation. Uh, so essentially in this one, uh, you are a uh, adventurer and you're hunting creatures. You're trying to capture these uh, various creatures. And these creatures take the form of, you know, like a wasp mess uh, to a, a bear, uh, to an angry goblin, to a rampaging ogre, whatever the case may be, right? Uh, up to the strongest uh, creatures are the dragons, right? Uh, and you... Take this uh, as the adventurer, you are drawing cards of ad adventurers uh, that you're putting parties together to go and capture these these uh, creatures. Uh, and it's very it's very simple. Uh, they the the adventurer cards come in artwork wise, uh, which has uh, no meaning in the game. There's there's, <laughs> you know, fighters, there's rangers and there's wizards on these cards. Uh, but really what you're looking at is you're looking at the numbers on the cards, which range from one to twelve. And you're looking at the color of the cards. Uh, and those have, I believe, three or four colors. So you got like blue cards and purple, purple, maybe and orange and I don't know, whatever, green, I think is another one, right? So you have these various colors and then various numbers from 1 to 12 of each of these, these cards. Uh, and then what you want to do is that the start of the game is you're mixing up all these monster cards and item cards uh, and then the dragon cards later on in the deck. Uh, and, and what you do is you flip five of these cards over, the the creatures and and items uh and each of them will have a value based on you know how to capture it right and they'll have three of these values so one of them is going to be your scream value one of them is going to be your stomp value and one of them is going to be your strike value right okay and each of those correspond to how you're putting together these sets of cards uh so the sets of adventurer cards so the scream what they what how to how to do a scream capture is basically you're going to take cards of the I believe scream is the same call uh no same number so if you have a bunch of sixes you're gonna say okay I have three sixes I've collected I'm doing a scream and I'm gonna try and capture this card here and it might be a creature or it might be an item and the items basically they just make it easier for you to crap capture uh, creatures some of them stay as a passive buff for the rest of the game others are one-time use right uh, and they may do anything like uh, i had one card that allowed me to add plus two to each of my stomp attacks right uh, or there's other ones that add plus one to your strike or plus one to any type of capture attempt blah 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 and some of the one one-offs are you can re-roll your entire dice roll this time and that's a card you use it, and then you get to re-roll dice. And I'll talk about dice as well. So, in the case of a scream, and I'm gonna uh, change my mind again here. I'm pretty sure it's color. Uh, so you capture. I'm doing a scream. I have three orange cards. That's going to correspond to the amount of dice 
I get to roll now. So I put the three cards down into the discard. I pick up three dice because I discarded three cards. And on those dice, there's a variety of numbers from one, two, three, and four. Uh, well, there's one, one, there's two twos, there's two threes, and there's one four, right? So okay. statistically, you're like two and a half on one of these dice, right? Uh, so you pick up the, I pick up my three dice. And then because I'm screaming at whatever creature I'm trying to capture, I look at the scream value on it. Uh, let's say it's five. And now I got to roll with these three dice, a five or more. And if I do that, I take the creature and each of the creatures has a little victory uh, point number on it. And I place it into my you know, capture pile. And then essentially at the end of the game, whoever has the most victory points wins the game. They capture the most creatures. You 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 win the game, right? Right. Uh, and the the game plays out until the two dragons in the deck have been captured, or if you're playing very slowly, until you've gone through the adventurer deck twice. So you've drawn okay. all the adventurer cards, you've shuffled them, you've drawn them all again. Game ends, right? Uh, at that point, you look at how many creatures everybody has uh, captured. Whoever has captured the most creatures gets a bonus three victory points. Uh, and then you compare the victory points of your creatures plus your bonus if you got the bonus and whoever has the highest number wins, like I said, right? Um, it, it, it's a very simple game, uh, but it's a lot of fun and it's a good family game. And like we talked about with the Game Right games, they do a good job of making games very uh, family friendly and and fun for adults to play as well, right? Like I enjoy playing the, and I don't typically like light games, but I enjoy this game because it's it's very easy for my son to pick up on and do well. So I feel like we're we're both in having a good time, right? And thematically, right. like we're capturing these these creatures and fighting dragons and blah 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 and. And you know, I'm screaming at the the bear and I'm capturing it because I screamed at it, or or I'm stomping on it. And the stomp is where you're collecting numbers that are the same. So here's three let's choose something other than three. Here's four sixes. <laughs> so now I can roll four <laughs> dice, right? Uh or or the strike is uh like runs of numbers, right? I have one, two, three, four in all different colors. So I have one, two in, in different colors, so now I can pick up two dice and do my strike, right? Uh, so depending on how many cards you play is how many dice you're going to do. And I and I like this mechanic because at any point, you could just be like, you know what? I have enough bonuses here that I only really need to roll one die. So I'm just going to say I'm doing a screen. Here's one card that's an orange. Right. And I pick up one die and I know I'm going to be successful because of my bonuses, right? Roll it, boom, capture this creature, and I and you move on kind of thing, right? So that's the gist of the game. In order to get these adventures, you can also take a reload turn. Uh, and basically, that's just where, like, you start the game with, I believe, five cards in your hand. If you take a reload turn, you draw an adventurer card from the draw pile. Uh, and... Some of the, I think there's like four draw two cards in there. So if you draw one of those, you can discard it right away and draw two more cards. Uh, and then the other type of card is in the capture deck with these monsters and the items. There's event cards. 
that are like these orange background and they do various things. So like one said, all players get to draw two adventurers. Great. Uh, one of them said, all, all uh, players have to pass one adventurer to the left kind of thing. Right. So you do whatever the event says and you're, you're kind of like rolling dice and competing and, and taking risks to go, okay. You know, okay. Me personally, I was doing all the math of, okay, statistically, I only have to roll a five, so I could probably do this on average with two dice, right? So if I want to overkill it, I'll play three cards to get the three, right? My wife was going, yeah, whatever, I'll just do this. And then she'd roll like ridiculously high and I'd be like... (laughs) statistically you shouldn't be rolling this high all the time right on ever and you my, would know right yeah from yeah all our warhammer playing <laughs> we're, we're we become quick at calculating the dice odds right and so my son it was fun though because my son's picking up some of the dice math as well going oh that guy's got a five so i need two dice on it and i'm like yes yes you do on average that's what you need you're right nice. and then he'd roll poorly and be like i'm like Yes, that's going to happen sometimes, right? This this dice. So, but yeah, no, it was, it's a fun game. I like the, I like the dragon uh, themed games they have, those, those two games in that um, area of play, I guess, (laughs) or, or thematic uh, fantasy theme. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. They do a good job. But we also played a game right game. Yours sounds way more exciting. <laughs> Fair enough. What did, what did you guys yeah. play? Well, you remember we talked about Sleeping Queens? Yes. We yeah. played Sleeping Queens. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you 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 lay out it's uh I wanna say eight uh cards. Right. That they're the queens and they're face down, right? And they're worth points that range from, I think, five to 20, right? Oh, wow. I think there's, okay, yeah. there's only one that's worth 20. Sure. Yeah. But, but that's your, so there's fives, tens, fifteens, and like a couple fifteens, maybe. And then yeah. one, one worth 20. And then y- you all get a hand of cards. The cards are numbered one to 10. And then there's also special cards. So, I think there's like three or four dragon cards. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you play a dragon card, then you can steal someone else's queen. Ah, oh, um, neat. Yeah, yeah. If you, but but then if they play a knight card, it counters it. <laughs> and then there's a, a a sleeping potion that you can put someone else's queen back to sleep. Ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But they can counter it with a magic wand. <laughs> uh that's and then, there's counters to all the different yeah 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 and then and then there's uh jesters and there's kings so okay yeah yeah what you want to do is you want to play the kings and the kings will wake then you get to choose a queen to wake up and then you get you get to keep the queen uh and it's the first one to 50 points or five queens that you've woken up oh yeah 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 so if you've got the numbered cards, this is this is I think the only redeeming quality about this game. Uh you've got the number cards. You can either uh discard sets of cards, so like three sixes. Yeah. Uh, you you discard and then you get to draw three more cards, right? 
or you can make a, a, a summation equations. So if you have like a two, a three, and a five, you say, oh, well, two plus three equals five. And you can dis- you can discard all those three cards. Oh, that's neat. That's really neat. Yeah. Or yeah, or like uh, I like that. A six and a two and two ones. Uh yeah. or and a ten. You yeah. know, yeah, would yeah. be whew, get rid of my whole hand, drop five new cards. Um so I do like that there's that little bit of math involved there. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean <laughs> not a lot of strategy to the game, right? Like it so I, I was trying to strategize with it, right? So I got I think two or three kings in one of my opening hands. And I'm like, okay, well, if I if I play a king right away, right away I'm gonna be targeted by everybody else. So why don't I start discarding cards and then we'll see what I like let somebody else wake up some queens and then you know, so they, they can get attacked and you know, yeah, I'll yeah. hold back. And then my wife just like you know, king, 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 and then got like 50 points like that. And she's like, I win. I'm like, okay, well, so much for that strategy, <laughs> right? Like there's no, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, I, I don't know about the balance of like the, the stealing cards versus the countering cards or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's unlikely that you're going to have a counter or that they're going to have a counter to your card, but you know, that maybe that's not a bad thing. But anyway, it was, you know, it's a light game. There's not a whole lot of strategy to it, but I think my, I think my daughter likes it. So that, <laughs> that's, that's one we have on our list actually to pick up. My sister got, uh, my wife and I, a, uh, Amazon gift card. Uh, and I told my wife, yeah, just, just go ahead and order that, that game. Cause that's, that's one yeah. she's been wanting to play with the kids and, you know, uh, quick math calculate, like, like that's, that's a helpful skill to have right yeah, so, i do yeah, like that yeah. part of it yeah yeah so i think i i think we'll pick that one up it's interesting you say about the balance too because when i think about dragonwood i'm pretty sure like the stomping is probably a harder thing to come because you're trying to get multiple of the same number right so sixes versus trying to get like different colors of cards yeah. I, I don't know how the statistics work, but I feel like the some some of them the striking or the the screaming might be easier to do over the the stomping. Right? You did mention that one a lot more, which made me <laughs> think it was more common. Right now, I had yeah. the I had the bonus card. I got the item card that was the the stomp, and thought, oh yeah, I'm ahead of the game, and then like barely was able to use it because <laughs> I never got the same numbers ever. Yeah. So. But, well, yeah, so then yeah. immediately after that, we played uh, Spot It, which I enjoy a lot more. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, it's the Harry Potter version. Oh, nice! So, yeah, 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 and that's great. So th- they're like round cards, and each card has a bunch of different little pictures on them. Yeah, just like little yeah. cartoony pictures, right? And each card match it one of the pictures matches exactly one picture for every other card yeah so, which is really like it, it's such a simple thing but it's 
fascinating how they've done it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That only it, one on all these cards matches another card, right? I'm yeah. sure, like, somebody explained it to me. They're like, it's just math. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah math, for sure. But I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, I accepted that answer, but I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's magic. So, there's different variants, but of course, you know, my wife doesn't like variants. So <laughs> we just play the one way in which there's a stack of cards in the middle. Every player gets one card. Um, you you flip over your card and then you look you look at your card and the card in the middle. And as soon as you spot the one that matches, you have to call out what the thing is and the way that I play, I can't remember if it's actually rules or not, is you <laughs> slap it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if if multiple people go after, you know, shout the same thing, well, then whoever's hands on the bottom is the one who wins the card, right? Sure, yeah. We also have a house rule that whoever, you know, says it, like, you have to say what your, what picture is the same. Yeah. So if I say Griffin you know, and it's wrong, right. Then I don't win it. Or, but if let's say we both have the, the, okay. Griffin's a bad example. Let's say if I say hippogriff, but she says Buckbeak, and we're like both right in there, then she would win because she was more accurate. Right. Ah, neat. Yeah. yeah. That's like a house rule that rarely comes up, but that's what we do. But I like spotted a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, you know what, now that you mentioned uh, Spot It, uh, we actually got that one. Uh, we played that as well. Uh, and I totally oh, yeah. forgot until you mentioned it. Now nice. we played the, um, uh, I, I think just the, the original version. And this is something you you uh, got for us, uh, for the kids, I think. Because um, I liked it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and you know what we 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 played it slightly different. Uh, my my kids aren't super competitive, so what we did was um, I grabbed a I get we we passed out ten cards each, uh, and then uh, set a like communal stack in the center, and then we flipped that communal stack, and you had to go through each of your ten cards that you had in your own hand and just call out w- what on your card matched on that card right so you know whether it was like oh glasses question mark book whatever the the things were right right uh and and yeah first off yeah it's just math on how they get but it's it's so it oh it just gets me that like all these cards literally only have one thing that matches each other card uh which is just mind-boggling uh, but, <laughs> but i love how like so these pictures are on the card and they're, they're 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 spread out none of them are together and it's just a white background to this card with various symbols on the card uh but they they change like the size of the symbols too yeah and yeah. there's enough of them on each card there's like maybe 15 on each card that maybe not even that many, many but that there's enough that you can't just like memorize all of them at once (laughs) a few times going through you you sort of can uh but if you play by the real rules you wouldn't have time to do that and then look at your card and go which which one matches right um right but yeah so we were we, we would do this we'd flip it over and you could have like a giant question mark in the center of your card and then a teeny question mark on the one there and it's like what's 
what's ma- like literally nothing matches it. What's going? You're looking at the cards back and forth, back and forth. Like, <laughs> oh, it's the quest. How did I miss that? It's massive here. And like, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's but it's a good game. That was the kids, the kids it really enjoyed it. Uh, they asked a few times to play now just to, you know, go through the cards and and whatever, right? Uh, yeah. It, it's just a quick, fun game to play with them, right? It is, yeah. It, it is quick and um like quick acting too, right? So yeah. So we like get into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, uh, cause sometimes, you know, just the way that the cards are shuffled up, y- you'll get the same symbol multiple times. Yeah. So, yep. so like, let's say it's Buckbeak, right? Yeah. Uh, you, somebody has Buckbeak on their card, Buckbeak in the middle, they Buckbeak, grab it. And then the next card, they immediately, they'll see Buckbeak, Buckbeak, Buckbeak. Yeah. And then yeah. like, and then everyone else feels <laughs> like, Drop it! Give me a chance. <laughs> yeah, and then someone else sees something, and oh, Hogwarts! You know, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and so everyone just gets right into it, and I, that's I love that part of it. Yeah, that that's so awesome. Like the way we're doing it too. Like I, we would just go until we found everything on our ten cards, right? Okay. Uh, but I always completed it before they did, so I just keep going through over and over <laughs> and the kids were like oh daddy you're taking so long like hurry up they'd be like done finally and i'm still going through <laughs> and then like benjamin or elizabeth would be like wait are you are you just repeating th- like have you gone through it multiple times like like yes <laughs> and, then, and then i know where everything every card i'm like oh yeah this one's the book this one's the question mark. This one's the coin. This one's the right snowman, whatever the case may be, right? Because yeah, but no, yeah, it's a fun one. I like that one. Yeah. Did you did you get anything else played? It, no, that was it. Um, yeah, just those two and uh, lots of painting. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Painting was a big one for me this week too. Uh, my 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 challenge this year was to play uh, three hundred sixty five days uh 365 games this year right i, I i'm falling She's behind, behind I, yeah. d- I didn't quite get there in uh, well, january 31 days so we're, we're we're recording right now on the 2nd of february so i should have what 30 33 <laughs> games played so far this year uh but let's oh yeah yeah let's let's uh kind of pull up here january so okay uh, I've got, oh yeah, no, this is bad. This is bad. 20, 23 of my 30, 30, what did I say? 33. So I'm 10 short already uh, <laughs> in the first one month down. Right. So I, I, well, part of that, part of the issue was, and I talked last episode, the episode before this was playing uh, the Lord of the Rings game. It's a longer form game, right? So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard to get those plays in. Anyways, though, anyways, challenge aside, let's get into our main event here. Yeah, absolutely. Under, Underworlds. Let's let's do it. All right. Um, we uh, take a quick break and come back in a sec. Hello, faithful listeners. Jordan here with a quick word from today's sponsor, us. Thomas and I really enjoy making the show. and We really hope you enjoy listening. If you do. Tell your friends about us. Spread the good word. We'd really appreciate it. 
And we promise you, if you keep listening, we'll keep talking. Now back to our show. And we're back. This week, Warhammer Underworlds. Again, this is the board game version of GW's Warhammer universe, uh, specifically the Mortal Realms, you said? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, Thomas, why don't you give us an overview of what Warhammer Underworlds is all about? Yeah, so, th- yeah, this one's a, uh, <laughs> despite the uh, deceptively long rulebook, uh, it's yeah. a fairly straightforward. <laughs> I'm looking at the rule book right now for Nether Maze, which is one of the seasons, and it is 51 pages. I think the newest season is 68 pages. Uh, so massive rule books. Uh, we're talking rule books the size of uh, basically their uh, miniature war games, uh, but but. I, I I don't understand it. <laughs> but anyways, the gist of this is you are running a war band of whatever, you know, creatures you might have. So in the case of me, I play Skaven. Uh, Jordan, you play 300 different war bands up with the ones you uh, played uh, yesterday <laughs> were the Night Hunts, right? Um, well, and specifically, so- yeah. So in the, I guess, Age of Sigmar game, it'd be... The night haunt, yeah, I think that's yeah, right, 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 right. Um, but your specific one was Lady Hormon, La- Lady Harrow's Mournflight. That's right, yeah, yeah. Lady yeah. Harrow's Mournflight, uh, Mourn and I was playing uh, Skitter Shanks Claw Pack. Claw Pack, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Skitter Shanks Claw Pack, uh, which was basically five uh, Skaven bottles, but. So what this game is, you have your war band, which is made up of anywhere from, I believe the lowest count one is three models to maybe seven or eight is the most I've seen in a war band. Uh, but typically there's somewhere in between there. I think yours yesterday uh, or the night before when we played was uh, four uh, models and mine was five models, right? Uh, so you take this war band. And you are traversing into the territory wherever your uh, season takes place. The boards we used yesterday, some of them were from Nether Maze. Uh, so we're in this sort of dungeon-esque area, and we're battling our warbands against each other and seeing who comes out on top. Uh, so this game is it's it's fairly straightforward. Your your each of your models in your warband will come with a character card for that model so in the case of mine i had slink as my leader uh so he had a uh his card and it was you know uh, designated as the the leader with this little crown uh but basically each of the fighters will have a card and each of those cards will have the stats for that model uh and when i say stats i'm meaning it'll tell you how far a bottle can move on its turn, uh, how many dice you get to roll when you take an attack, uh, how many dice you roll when you're taking a defensive action, uh, and and also how ma- how many dice, or sorry, how, how much damage one of your uh, dice will do. 
uh, or one of your attacks will do, right? Uh, and each uh, model will have stats for, say, a specific weapon or multiple weapons that they may have, right? Uh, and then the other special thing about these cards is that each card will have some sort of special inspire condition that allows you to flip these cards over uh, because they are double-sided to their kind of golden tinge side. Uh, and it makes that model for the most part, slightly more powerful uh, in their inspired uh, stage right. uh, because they are, to to inspire them, you've had to complete some sort of objective or some sort of uh, uh, trick on the board, and you've done that, and now they're they're ready for 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 doing whatever they do best, right? Uh, but to start this game, it's very it's a very interesting game. Uh, so you roll off, and then whoever wins that roll off gets to decide which player places the first board down. Uh, and these boards are rectangular boards that are made up of a number of uh, hexagons on them. So each of the areas you can move to are all is a hexagon grid. Uh, so if you have a movement of five, that means you can move five hexagons on this board at any at any time, right? Well, these boards are made up of uh, various hexagons that have that may just contain artwork of the background. Or some of the hexes might uh, be, you know, cover hexes that provide extra defensive ability, or they could be uh, kind of blocked hexes that you cannot traverse over or or see through unless you have some sort of special ability uh, to do that. Your uh, warband being kind of these shades, uh, ghost-like uh, characters were able to pass through those uh, uh, wall mm -hmm. uh, hexes, right? Uh, there's also various spots, and I like this, and we'll get into this a bit, uh, that are starting hexes. So these starting hexes, when you get to the setup stage, these are where you're going to be playing, placing your, your warband models on these starting hexes, and they're scattered throughout these boards, right? Uh, and then there's, of course, the sort of like trap hexes, and I'm blanking on what they're actually lethal. Called. Lethal, lethal that's it. Yeah, uh, and they're you know kind of highlighted in red and <laughs> kind of a misnomer, really. Yeah, like yeah, you, you yeah. Did, you, they, not, they do one damage, one damage, <laughs> not super lethal. Um, uh, and and you know if you if you go in those ones, you you, you take a damage, right? Right. Uh, so the the first player places one on the board. The next player gets to place what uh, uh, gets to pick a board as well and add it to to the the current board and they attach it to the board and line up some of the hexagons uh so that they line up nicely and then you can traverse both boards well one player gets one side sets up their uh characters in one side of the board on one of the boards and the other uh player sets up their warband on their uh rectangular board basically right uh and then yeah, it just becomes a uh, a game of a either you want to be uh, aggro and attacking the other warband, or throughout the game uh, you you place these uh, at the start again you place these objective tokens down, and the objective tokens take up an entire hex. They're hex shape and they're thick cardboard pieces you play on 
the the board, and they are special areas across the the uh, both boards that act as objectives. So some things might require you to go to these objective markers. And I think they're called objective markers, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, some things might require you to go to the objective markers and and blah, blah, blah. You might get points. But the goal of this game is to get more glory points than your opponent's warband. Uh, and you do that uh, through a combination of ways. Uh, so the first way and the most obvious way uh, to kind of do this and where you're probably going to get the most of these is through these objective cards. And these cards, you start the game. This game not only comes with models that is your warband, but each warband also has a deck of cards that they're going to use uh, to do things with that warband using the stats on their model cards specifically, right? Uh, so these this deck of cards comes in kind of two flavors. You have one deck that is that is gold colored, and they are these objective cards that are essentially things that you're going to try and complete complete and they're going to provide you with glory points so they could be something like get onto uh odd and even number objective uh and then you can play this card and say i complete this and i get these these glory points or they might be something like assassinate the opponent's warband's leader and you'll get a glory point for doing this right or have one of your minions get killed Boom, glory point, right? So they have all these different objectives for you to complete in order to get these glory points. Now, the other flavor of card are these power decks that you keep separate from the from the golden cards out of the objective cards. These power ones allow you to interact with the game in uh, various ways, various different ways. Uh, they might have what's called a, a gambit card, uh, that allows you to play this card and affect the board state in some way. Or you might have an upgrade card, which at certain points of, uh, of the game, you can play one of these upgrades uh, and spend one of your glory. And when I say spend, you just flip a glory upside down. Uh, it still counts at the end of the game as being part of your glory that you've collected. But you, you're allowed to flip these over to spend them to place these upgrade cards onto your warband right so in the case of say my leader slink i have an upgrade that i want to play on slink i'd flip a glory and now slink has this upgrade that maybe it gives him plus one damage to you know creatures that have a stagger token on them or something and stagger tokens not important for this part of my explanation here but i'll get into some of that as well right uh, so you're you're drawing up three cards at the start of the game, five power cards and three of these objective cards, and then you're just essentially playing through three rounds of play using trying to complete these objectives, playing your your uh, power cards at the most beneficial times for you to get whatever uh, uh, bonus ahead of your your uh, or uh, you know, strategy 
Oh, I'm blanking on words yeah. here, but basically just to outplay, outmaneuver your opponent. Uh, and then at the end of the round, you're going to draw more cards up to your hand limits again. And you continue on for three rounds of this. The end of three rounds, whoever has the most glory wins the game, right? But I really like the way they implement the power cards. And it's sort of, I can't think of another example of a game that that does it like this. No, it's very unique. Yeah. Yeah. So in in, in one round, uh, you get four activations. So if your warband has three models or it has nine models, nine is actually the the most. Oh, that's the most. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, Zarbags gets, I believe. Um, <laughs> the little yeah. goblins with the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you, so again, it, whether you have three or nine or however many models you have, you get to act, do four things on your turn, right? And then, so you activate, you either move or attack or charge, which is a combination of the two, or do whatever you're going to do. Then that's it. Then you're done. And then uh, your opponent gets to play a power card, and then you get to play a power card, and you go back and forth until you both pass on playing a card. Then it's your opponent's turn. They activate. Now you get to play a power card and that, you know, and it goes back and forth. So it's like. Now there are cards that are that have like reactions. So, okay, as soon as it's like so, oh, if your opponent attacks you, um, then you can play this card to. Yeah. You know, as a reaction to that. Yeah. 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 To maybe boost your defense or, you know, or maybe a reaction that if like I had one that if you attack and you miss, it lets you like take another attack. Um, but those are, I'd say the exception to the rule. I think they're more rare, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I find it fascinating because especially with more players, like I remember when we played with Kevin, you, it's like a mind game. It's like, okay, are they holding on to, You've got five cards, right? Are they holding on to something powerful later? Or, you know, is this handful of upgrades and he I literally can't play a power card, right? It's yep. yeah, it I don't know. Not playing them typically during you the the actual play or your actions, and then your opponents being able to play on your turn kind of thing. I think it's so neat. Uh, it, 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 you're right. It, it is so different because typically in a game like this, you would you would take an activation step, uh, and then you would be playing cards as you're like, okay, I'm attacking and I'm playing these cards to boost the attack or whatever, right? Right. That's yeah. how I would imagine a, a a typical game like this would would be played. But because they separate that and they separate it. With the with the uh, who gets to play first, right? So they got the activation step. Then you have a power step, right? But because you activated, your opponent gets their power step first, right? So it's like, okay, I've taken my activation now, Jordan. Uh, power step here. Are you playing any cards? Yep, you are. Okay. Well, I'm playing a card now on mine. And then, are you playing any card? You are. Okay, I'm playing an extra power card. Are you pay? No, you yeah. pass. I pass too, right? <laughs> and it goes back and forth till we both pass. 
Yeah. Right. But it's, yeah, it's such an interesting way of doing that because these power cards too, a lot of them that uh, you would play have the abilities that in the next activation, you know, this happens, right? Right. So, so they might be like in the next activation, you, your, your first attack, you can reroll all the dice in it or something. Right. So yeah, that's great. You're going to play this in my power step because knowing that you're activating next, so now you're in your activation, you're going to run forward, you're going to attack me, and then you get this, whatever that power guard bonus gave you, right? So yeah, you get that sort of play where you're lining up your next turns. But in the same time, you know, on, on those power steps, in my power steps, I'm also, you're playing o- o- offensive cards to attack my characters, and I might be playing defensive cards to say, Okay, you. This power card says you can't attack my assassins on this next turn. Yeah, right? and then you know you got that kind of that one sort really of interplay, messed right? That one really messed with me last night, <laughs> yeah, right? And 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 so so the version of the game we played was the rivals format, and rivals format basically each of these war bands gets a pre-selected deck of cards, which is I I love it's fantastic because it makes the game so easy to get into. Here's your cards. This is what you're going to play with. You don't need anything else other than your models and your cards and you know the board or whatever, right? There's there's different formats where you can like deck build as well, which adds much more uh, replayability and 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 different uh, uh, s- strategies to this game. Yeah, uh, but you know, without even considering that, just the rivals format. There's so much going on here and so much depth to it that yeah, it's 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 a really neat game and and a very unique game. Um, yeah, and so and and very easy to get into. Yeah, like especially you know we talked about the painting uh, just in the the earlier uh, uh, earlier this episode, and and now you get you have a war band. Okay, max nine. That's going to be a large one. Now, mind you, this 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 nine uh, figure model uh, war band. These gets. Uh, they're tiny little goblins, so yeah. they're not. There's not a lot of painting there either. But you know, I I'd, had I'd five say models, most. Right? Most are like four. Yeah, right? I, I'd agree. Yeah, yeah. Some most of are like, four. There's some five, a few three. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But like, okay, uh, my my warband five models. That was so fast to paint up those. Like it took maybe a week, and I had all all five models done. You 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 have a painted army in a week. It's yeah. fantastic. A war band in a week, right? Uh so like you you get this this uh these battles that you can have and you and you you had a painted army, I had a painted army. That's wicked. These look great on the table together, right? Uh and then they they're I, I feel like each of the war bands is so unique as well, right? Uh like Slink's claw pack here was really about these stagger tokens and what stagger did was basically i had ways to place a stagger token on your characters and if they were staggered then i would get bonuses to a sometimes i would get bonuses to different like damage and stuff but for the most part it was anytime i attack one of your characters or models with with a stagger token i could re-roll one of my attack dice Right. And yeah. re-rolls are huge in this game because Ugh, yeah. the dice that you get 
So your characters will have a weapon. Slink has whatever it'll it'll, it'll name the weapon. It'll tell how many dice you roll. Uh, but specifically, when you're rolling, you're looking for certain symbols on the dice, and these dice have uh, either either axes, they have uh, swords, they have this like critical hit exclamation with like a uh, bubble around them, a spiky bubble around them, uh, and then they have uh, what else is on there? Uh, I think I think that's support. What's that? Sorry, the support. Support. Yeah, they have the support symbols. That's right. Yeah. Um, so. There is one crit symbol on these dice. Um, there are two axe symbols. There's one uh, um, sword symbol, and there's one half support and one full support. It, that's not what they're called, full or half support, but that's what they look like. So that's how I'm explaining it. Um, yeah, well, they're like, well, you keep calling them axes, but they're the the hammers, right? Hammer. That's what they're. Yeah, yeah. But they're I think they're 100% called the Warhammer hammer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think they're called rage or something. Yeah, like it's like it makes. Why wouldn't you just call them hammers and swords? Yeah. It's like yeah. rage yeah. and I can't even remember what those the swords. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so you're so these the these dice have various probabilities of rolling these symbols, and each of your characters, their weapons will say like Slink's weapon. You're looking for. Uh, the the hammer symbol, right? I don't know if that's exact, but that's that's the the symbol you're looking for on Slink's weapon. Uh, so when I'm rolling, if I have three dice, I'm trying to get these these hammer symbols. Now, what I really want is to get the crit symbols because they are better than anything. Uh, and, and essentially, what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll my three dice. Uh, and in the case of Slink, it's three. But in the case of some of my minions, it's only two dice. Yeah. Right? So rolling those crits, very rare. Sometimes, you know, if if it's a two dice and you're just trying to get the the uh, swords, well, that means, like, there's two spots on each die that is. A, so it's, it's sometimes hard to even hit. Right? So you're rolling these <laughs> dice. You're trying to get these symbols. Uh, and then... Say you roll the symbols that you're looking for, it goes to the opponent and they get to roll sort of a, a defensive die. And the defense dies are made up of these uh, support uh, symbols as well, uh, as uh, as well as uh, dodges and I think blocks uh, is the other is the other one. I don't know. It's a shield. Right. So the dodge is like an arrow because you're moving out of the way, and the shield is like your 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 block, right? So the opponent is going to roll their 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 dodge, and usually that's going to be less dice than the attacking player's dice. Um, and hopefully they want to get crits as well, right? So you're rolling off, you're trying to get more crits than your opponent, uh, and then you go through this kind of uh, these stages of combat. Okay, I'm attacking. I roll. Look at that. I got a crit and two successes. Go ahead, make your dodge roll now. You roll. Oh, you got a crit as well. Okay, so what happens there? We tied for crits. Now we're going to go to the next step and look at who who had more successes. Well, I had two successes. You had no normal successes. So my hit uh, goes through, and you take whatever the damages of my weapon, right? Uh, and then 
uh, there there is different aspects of that. If I had more crits than you did, well, now that's a critical hit, and I might get more bonuses to that. In Slink's case, his weapon has this special keyword, because there's keywords in this game as well, uh, that's called Grievous. And Grievous allows you to add one to the damage characteristic of your weapon if you have at least one crit and you were successful at attacking, right? So now, because I had more crits than you, it's a critical hit. I do an extra damage to your your model that I just attacked, right? Uh, And on top of that, if you hit, then you likely can push back the character that you just hit. So it allows you to push them out of these uh, hex that they're in away from your character. So hopefully they're not retaliating back, right? Sometimes this is a smart play. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you want them right next next to you so you can continue to attack on future uh, 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 turns, right? Future activations. Uh, and, and, and that aspect, like the combat in it is, is very neat too. If you draw... Uh, you do no damage, but you can still push push back. You can still knock back. Uh, if you fail out uh, or the opponent uh, rolls better than you and, and, and has more dodges than you have successes for your attack, then nothing happens. You just miss, and it's just a, a failed acts of activation at that point, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You still go into the power step, which is nice, so you don't miss out on that, but your turn can feel like, wow, that was a garbage turn. I did nothing that activation because I whiffed those rolls, right? And this happened a lot with you in our first game. We're like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm attacking you. You charge in and then go to attack and you rolled no successes. And I'd be like, okay, I don't even have to roll the defense because you completely missed everything. Yeah, our right? first game, I didn't <laughs> hit you once. Yeah. Every yeah. attack failed. And then conversely, Every attack you made against me succeeded. It was so brutal. I think the entire first game I took one damage because you pushed me into a lethal hex. Yeah. So so none of your attacks worked, just the lethal hex I got pushed into. I, I That's not entirely true. One of my minions also had a damage on it, but it was like one. Yeah. yeah no, it wasn't one damage from your attack. It was a power card that you played that allowed you to heal one damage because <laughs> right. my attacks were working and put one damage on me, right? Yep, yep. So those were the two damage I had on two different models. None <laughs> of them was attack related, right? None of them from an attack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so on your activation, yeah, you get you you have a couple options you can do. You can move, uh, which allows you to move your character up to, or one of your models up to the move characteristic. And then you place a token to say, you know, this, this, this model can't move anymore. Great. That's, that's, that's fine. If you want to do that, this is great. If you want to get onto an objective or you want to move deeper into, you know, enemy territory or something like that. Right. Uh, you can make an attack. So if you are adjacent or you have a range weapon where a enemy is in the range of that weapon, you can just make an attack. Right. Uh, and that that's an activation. Uh, you could do a charge, which, like you mentioned, combines the move and the attack. So you get to move up to your speed. Then you get to take an attack. Now, the charge is interesting because if you do that, you place a charge uh, token on your your model and that model can no longer activate for the rest of the 
the round, right? So you get one move and one attack with that model, and that's it. Versus if you moved in, say, beside, took a, an activation to move beside a model, uh, then your next three activations could just be you attacking with that model that you moved in, right? Uh, because that's the other thing. Like your activations can be the same model over and over and over and over again, depending if you're able to do what you're trying to do with them, right? Right. So attacks are you can do as many attacks as you want, unless you did the charge, right? So, so it's very interesting. You get a warband that's five, like the one I had. If I wanted to attack with all five, I can. I only have four activations. If you're within range, maybe I can charge with four of those characters. But the fifth one, I'm not going to be able to uh, to activate this this round. And right. maybe I don't activate it at all for the entire game because the other ones are so active, right? That's just you know how how whatever strategy at the time you're you're trying to do, right? Uh, so I I find that the four activation it's just the right amount of activations I feel. Uh, to make the game very interesting uh, mm. where you're doing things and then I hope you're planning out your turn properly uh, because it could really bite you if you're not uh, yeah if you're not doing the best moves for those four activations right uh, so yeah that was that was the the charge as well the other thing you could do is you can discard one of your objective cards to draw another one uh, and this you know you might use this if you're just trying to score some quick glory because, okay, I'm not going to complete this objective. I might want to try and grab an objective that I can complete. Uh, or you could draw another power card, right? Uh, the the other one we we, we didn't do much, uh, but you have the ability to guard, which helps you in your dodge techniques, right? When you're doing your dodge rolls. Um, that's that's an option. So, okay, I'm just going to dodge because I know you're going to attack this character, but I don't want to move that character because I'm on an objective. So I, I'm, I'm going to take the guard action, right? Boom. That's your activation. Uh, and then to the power step, boom, boom, boom. Uh, and on to the next activation, right? Uh, so yeah, very, very interesting uh, mechanics with this one. But the, like this is this is the game. Like we've we've explained, there's a lot of nuance in how to play all of it. But it's super, like, it's a super simple concept that I think a 58 to 68 page rule book is so overkill. <laughs> this game doesn't need that, right? Yeah. It, and the other thing is, like, the boards are small. Yes. Yeah. So, like, right away from turn one, th there's a very good chance you can engage, right? Yeah. It's yeah. There's no build up it's you're just thrown in and you're very you're very likely going to lose models right like mm -hmm. both sides are gonna engage right away and and damage is gonna be dealt it's, it's not it's not really a game where you can hold back and i mean to an extent but especially in a two-player game you you very easily get across both boards, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I so, think that to the, to your point there, yeah. In our second game, that was part of my detriment is that I I tried to hold back a little too much, and then because there's only three rounds in this game, like if you don't make the prop 
proper movements, you and you try and turtle be you know way back in the the edge of your 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 lines, then you might not have time to 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 get across right right uh, when you should have. It's not hard to move across. Like if you just actively try to, you can do it. But if you hold back too much, you could also, you know, stunt your 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 strategy that way, right? But yeah, yeah, super super interesting uh, how that how that works with only being three rounds in this game, right? Yeah, it's like we talk about these games where like you have so much to accomplish, and it and and this one's a weird one because it doesn't. It, it, it's not where you're collecting resources and am I going to have enough resources to do all the things I want to do? No, it's, am I going to be able to complete the objectives and score this glory points in three rounds with only having four activations? And can I get across the board in time to do this objective, but also try and do this objective here because that's going to score me two glory and this one's only going to score me one. So you get some of that kind of thought process going. And that's where the different decks come in or, or the deck building comes in. Yes. Because your warband, the objectives very clearly want you to play aggressively, right? Yeah, like, mine specifically. Like, yeah. 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 Run in, kill stuff, get killed, that sort of thing. And then my warband's objectives were, like had a few, like as you mentioned one, be on an odd number of objective and an even number objective by the end of the round, you know, was one, uh, one was like move through a blocked space and then end adjacent to an enemy, right? (laughs) Like not even attack the enemy or kill the enemy. Just, it's just movement based, like do this weird move. There was another one that was move through two different objective tokens, right? Like, so my and I did much better in our second game when I realized I didn't have to play super aggressively and I kind of held back a little bit and let you come to me. Yeah. And then I was able I well I was better able to play the board and manipulate those um I I chose a board with like a big wall basically on it. And so I could sort of hide behind that wall and draw you in. And then meanwhile, I could go through the wall to attack you. Which I ended up like, yeah, I got the one objective that required me to do that. But like, I didn't really have to kill your stuff. Like all my objectives were not kill based. So. And you can deck build to to really take advantage of your warband's strengths or weaknesses well not you don't want to take advantage of their weaknesses but take (laughs) advantage of their strengths or uh flush out different play styles like i know i have one uh called the crimson court and they're vampires and they've got like two different i'd say kind of competing mechanics and you can deck build to either balance those mechanics out or lean heavily one way or the other. So there's like three different ways you can build their deck and it, and pl- to play the army completely differently. Right. Yeah, no, abs- 
Absolutely. And I, and so my war band too, like one of the, one of the key things for this one was uh, st- the Steger tokens, right? That I had a lot of objectives that would give glory points for Steger tokens. And also there was a lot of benefits to me staggering your uh, war band models because some, some of my units would get, uh, you know, extra, extra damage or, you know, just having those re-rolls would allow me to hit more often. And these stagger tokens be, are sort of a, a core mechanic of, of Slink's deck, right? Right. Uh, so, and, and you can really play to that if you, if you go into these kind of like deck building mechanics, well, okay, these ones don't have anything to do with stagger tokens. Let's throw those out and bring some more in that, that really benefit, uh, you know, stag- staggering stuff, right? Yeah. Which is very neat. Um, so the way GW does the deck building in this game, I think it's so clever on <laughs> GW's part. <laughs> But like, oh, what a pain for the consumer. <laughs> so you've got universal cards that can go in any uh can go in any deck. Yeah. I say that, but like the other cards can go in any deck too, right? I don't think there's a restriction there, unless you're playing rivals, but then you've got so well. Not not exactly right uh, because some of these cards are um, they're okay. So the universal ones, yeah, can go in any deck. But then there's some cards that are specific to a, a type of army, right? So the my my claw pack uh, is a chaos army, so I can add in chaos cards. Uh, you oh, can't. Gotcha. Yours is a death army. So you can right. add in death cards. I can't, right? So there's right, right, there's, right. And then there's specific cards to warbands. I can add in any of uh, um, uh, uh, Skittershanks uh, cards to my deck, uh, but you you don't have access to those at all, right? And you can uh, Lady Horos cards. Any of her cards can go into your deck, right? Uh, yeah, but you can get cards from other warbands and, and put them in your deck. I don't think you can. I think you specifically no, have sure. to go. Yeah. That's the clever part of it, right? <laughs> because a war band might come out that has cards that, that, and they do this specifically. There are cards in like the Crimson Court uh, war band that make right. no sense for the Crimson Court. <laughs> but they make very perfect sense for a different warband. But if you want those cards, you have to buy the whole the whole warband, right? You're like, okay, I want those cards in my deck. So I buy this warband to get those cards. Well, now I've got this other warband. Well, you know, I might as well play with them. Oh, but <laughs> but I really want these cards from this other war band. So now I get that one. <laughs> you, you, you can see how <laughs> it really explodes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it then is is it basically the universal cards come in yeah, the other so- war bands decks that is are the ones you want to grab then? With my uh with my nether maze pack 
it came with a deck of Grand Alliance cards and a deck of Universal cards. And I'm not sure you could get either of those decks, those specific cards, in other, any other set. I know you could buy like Universal cards as a pack, but I wonder if they're the same ones that you get another maze or if like, like if you wanted to deck build, I, I, I think you're right. You have to yeah. buy multiple of these war bands to get the universal deck that comes in that war band. Right. Or to get the grand Alliance cards that come in that war band. Right. Yeah. So there is like a, a universal card deck you can buy that yes. comes with like common universal cards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess yeah. These these other war bands then have other different universal cards that that are only in that war band box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So that makes sense. That makes sense. I um. Yeah, I clearly uh we haven't deck built yet, um, <laughs> but clearly you're more on top of it than I am. But uh, to 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 be honest, though, like I there there was a few cards in my deck. Like one was um my warband specific and it was an objective card and i looked at these and it was very interesting because one of the objectives that was specific to my warband was i had to have all my fighters in your uh side of the board your board and none in my in my my board right and it was worth one glory board one glory point if i could do that right right then i look at a very similar objective that was a universal card and it stated if I had, uh, I, I think it was somewhere around the lines of if I had at least one um, of my characters, my models in your, on your board, and there was none of yours in my board, then this would, would trigger, right? And I was like, wow, that's that's like an upgraded version of this card because Especially if you have a horde army that has five models, you got to get everything across that board into your your territory. That's taking two turns before you can get that done, right? Whereas, like, you know, this this other objective is slightly different, uh, but much easier to accomplish. Mm. Say turn one, right? Um, yeah, but there was yeah there was slight variation. I don't think that was the exact match, but there was definitely ones where like I put them side by side and went, I'd rather have the universal one in my hand because it's less restrictive than the uh the the warband specific card uh in here. But again, that gets into the the deck building versus just the rival format, right? Uh which is which is neat because it adds layers uh, another aspect to this game, if you want to get into kind of the competitive side of things or just the more uh, customized uh, side of things when you when you talk about what your warband can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what everybody talks about when when you look at the competitive scene. Uh, it it's. It's the decks that they talk about, right? Like, yes, it's. Yeah, they say, oh, cool. Well, well, I prefer this warband over that warband, but it's it's always, you know, oh, but running this deck or, you know, this is the deck that won the LVO championship or whatever, right? Because it makes all the difference. Yeah, and, and these these decks are interesting because, okay, so like the power deck, you have to include at least 20 power cards 
Uh, you can have more than that, but you have to have at least 20 of them. And then there's, you know, restrictions of like half of them can be gand- Gambit cards. And then, um, you know, the other half has to be upgrades or 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 domain spells or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, whereas with the objective depth, you have to include 12 objective cards. Uh, you can include additional ones. Uh, but you can't have more than six surge objectives. And these surge objectives are basically objectives that you can score during your turn versus at the end of the round or something, right? Uh, which some of the other objective cards have. So there's restrictions on what cards you can include on how many. And when I, there's another uh, website uh, that you can look at tournament decks for, um, uh, for Warhammer Underworlds. And it, I was looking at a few of the uh, Skittershank Claw Pack ones, and they were interesting because I could see like, oh, look at this deck. It's made up of 19 cards from Nether Maze, and then the other like 15, 20 cards are from different, here's a universal set, here's a, you know, uh, the X set, Y set, whatever, different sets. They took cards from a bunch of these different sets to make the deck, right? And you're right. That's such an interesting thing for GW to do for that. And, and you know, those are the people, that competitive group of people are the ones that are going to go out and buy these other warbands to get those universal cards that are only available in that warband, right? Uh, so they can build sure. the most powerful of deck when they go to to whatever tournament or whatever, right? Competitive play they do. Uh, but I, I like I like having that option there. Uh, to 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 get further into that if you wanted to versus you know just having the the easy rivals one uh where where you might not uh like the cards or how your your army plays specifically to some of the cards right but uh, yeah as far as like war bands go though like this is this is the heart of the game so you're you're playing your your war band and you're trying to play to the strengths of whatever objectives you have in your objectives so regardless of killing your opponent sometimes that's the way you want to go because that's what your objectives uh lead you to and the other way to earn glory is every Every uh, model that you destroy, uh, enemy model you destroy, you get one glory as a bounty for destroying that model, right? So there, there's benefits to to being aggressive and, and also destroying other um, enemies. Uh, not only are you removing them from the board, so the punchback is much less dangerous, right? Uh, but you also get this glory. And then if you can if you can tie in some of your objective cards to those attacks or to destroying some models, you know, you get these bonuses, uh, bonus glory points too. And that's, that's the heart of the game is taking advantage of those objective cards to get you as much glory as possible while, you know, working in the means of what your warband does best. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and last night I really realized that my claw pack uh is really good at, at at swarming and being aggressive but aggressive in a smart way so i have to move up the board and i found i had so much more success when i swarmed over your characters in our first match 
If I could get two or three characters swarming onto one model, I I was so much more successful at taking those models out. And and I mean, there's a mechanical reason for that as well. Uh, we talked about support symbols on the di- dice. Um, when when you have a model, uh, one of your friendly models beside uh, the enemy that you're attacking, well, then the sort of half support symbol on the die can be treated as, as success symbols, right? And if you have two characters in addition to the one that's attacking, then the full support symbol can also be used as successes, right? So now you've really, you've changed those dies to not only, you know, uh, this this scary, oh no, I only have two chances on one die to hit, but now my die actually hits on four, five, five sides maybe right mm-hmm. uh rather than just one or two uh and if i'm rolling three you know here look at the odds of me out rolling you right is much higher right with all the support around uh yeah, which is so so there's fascinating each die has two hammers yeah one daggers or swords or whatever it is a crit a a one support and a two support or yeah. half and full, like you said. Yeah. So it's easier to roll hammers, but uh, your weapon might not be hammers, right? It might be daggers that it needs. Yeah. So, so yeah, like to go from having the crit and daggers. So that's, you know, two su- sides that are successful. Yeah. To having like two support like the both supports that yeah, now that's all of a four. sudden you have four yeah yeah that's such a huge increase such a huge increase and, and then if it's hammers like you said, yeah 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 and like you said if it's hammers it's five like which is fantastic right like yeah. if you were playing warhammer uh 40k that that's two ups like that's yeah huge. right that's the best you can do so yeah. In your uh, more horde armies, yeah, it's way easier for you to get those supports. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was keeping things back to to sit on objectives or whatever. Um, and I wonder if I should have tried to be, but it, it's it's hard too because you're you're moving up someone's not going to get those supports, right? Because they're <laughs> yes. the first ones to move in. Yeah. Um, and then making those decisions, what order do I do this in? Can I get away with a move or do I have to do a charge? You know, can, uh, can I get away with just attacking and not move, but like movement and placement of your models and the locations on the board, I think are like, like key in this game. Yeah, and especially with what your objective is. So if your objectives are uh, specific to those objective points on the board, then you really have no point in going and attacking my my models, right? Unless you're trying to tie up my models or something, right? Uh, because, you know, if you're not completing those objectives, you're not getting your glory point. And at the end of the game, yeah. it's whoever has the most glory. Yeah, you killed everything of mine. But I scored the most glory, so you lost the game, right? 
That yep. was a bad play, right? That's that's those types of decisions you have to make. And if you make them wrong, like it could cost you the game. Right? Well, I, our, this- our, our first game last night, I I thought, okay, I'm going to place the board in such a way it, it makes a choke point yeah. um, with a lethal hex nearby. I'll get in there. I'll like, you know, start stabbing his stuff, push him onto this lethal hex. And blah, blah. I thought I was going to do great. No, you steamrolled me. Now, yeah. some of that was bad rolling. But then the second game, I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to hang back. I'm going to play these objectives more. You came in. I killed two of your models at the end of the game, but I scored so many. I scored like 12 points, which is huge. Huge. Yeah. Um, Versus I think you scored like one or two, right? That game. So yeah. One, one, one. Yeah, one, it was one. One point that game. Yeah. yeah um, I got hammered that game. Yeah. So like what a difference right yeah and and you know it really i was so frustrated the second game afterwards and and i was like i you know what i i it's it's so random you know some of these die rolls and i just so frustrated about it right but then thinking about it more and this morning thinking about it and i and and i sorry yesterday morning um because we're recording today two days later but you know, I even I sent a message to our group chat and I was like, you know, I've been thinking about it. And and I don't think maybe the random I, I think the randomness was my my own fault. And you had mentioned it that night, too, that like there's way to mitigate. And I was like, yeah, there's a way to mitigate, but they're not great and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I think I just played my war band incorrectly. I got some objective token, some objectives that I thought I could really play off right away. Um, and mainly one of them was to get one of my minion uh, models killed. Uh, and the other was I would get two glory if two, uh, if my minions scored two successful hits, right? And right. I got one successful hit, and I couldn't, in those four activations, I couldn't get the second successful hit. So that, that was a difference of three glory points. But because I focused on these objectives right at the start, I had run those two forward, uh, and they're the weakest. The minions are the weakest of my units, right, or my models. So I ran them forward, and then they both died. And then I'm like, wow, I'm down to three models. You have four models. I, I've, I've lost half my warband. And, and you know, I, 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 I was I was when I was thinking about it, it was like that first match went so well because – I made use of those minions being next to your models and then attacking and getting all the support. Well, now I can't complete those support because I've killed off the things that provide me with easy support. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, and I happened to, I happened to change my strategy where I was staying more back. So like you kept your three main models at the back of the board yeah, ran your minions up, and then I sort of killed them, but stayed back so that your other models couldn't just rush in and attack. Right? So, yeah. and it, then it, I was nervous. Well, I don't want to now that my minions are dead. I don't want to charge too close because I don't yeah. want you to. So then I like half on the second round. I half came up the board. I came to like the edge of our two boards. Right. And then you just retreated back further. And I went, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Because right? now I have one one round 
to to get to you and try and destroy you right well okay so you know la- last last round and i'm like okay this is all i can do so i charge in and i you're right on the edge of my thing so i'm able to charge in and attack one of your one of your models and then the next turn on your activation you're like okay i move this model two spots back nothing is in reach of your guys anymore even if they run that that's it right yeah and that was it i activate and i go okay i can move this guy close and he does nothing because nothing's in range okay i can move this close nothing and then and that was it you know and and strategically that was the best play for you to make and it cost me you know the entire game just just playing so rushing those guys and getting them killed right away then being too timid to to rush forward when you know had i rushed forward yeah maybe you would have killed one more of mine but all my objectives were aggression based so not only am i not scoring uh these glory points but now like i just i screwed myself out of any potential future points as well at that point right so it was yeah yeah, such a interesting interesting game uh for those kind of decisions i didn't even realize right away how much of an impact they can have later on uh and and i think key to this is just knowing how your warband plays i'd love to play this more to see like how correct that that thought is because i feel like if you really know your warband and play it really well that the the my complaints about the the uh the randomness would probably disappear uh and i don't think yeah. that would be uh the case yeah i think and, if i played it properly in the deck building too right you can yeah. you can put in more cards that that give you rerolls or yeah. you know bonuses or whatever like to help the mitigation factor there and, and this is the thing, you know, if 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 I play this and I play my warband properly uh, and, and I lose by three glory points, yeah, no, no big deal, right? If I play it properly and I lose by 12, okay, <laughs> what, you know, come on, right? right? <laughs> That's the thing. I didn't play it properly and I lost by that big margin, right? Yeah. So I feel like, you know, you know, you're playing knowing your warband playing to its strengths that's key in this game mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you know it's it's a miniatures game with a board game feel which is fantastic it's 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 so neat and so easy to get into compared to you know 40k or age of sigmar or even kill team or warcry because the other thing i looked at was okay if i if i have these skaven models how do i get into warcry now right which is the which is the smaller skirmish uh game in the age of sigmar thing not quite age of sigmar with the larger armies but war cry is kind of like a step under that uh i I still need double the models that i that i currently have right Mm -hmm. so it's you know war war, or uh under underworlds is such a more compact uh a game that it's it's if you were thinking about getting into miniatures. This is like a perfect way to like, you know, test that out, get some of that miniature feel with the dice rolling and, and then, you know, also have a neat board game with it as well. Right. Yeah. And me as a hobbyist, 
you know, collecting a, a 40K, well, s- several 40K armies. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to collect, uh, you know, Age of Sigmar army, but some of those models are really cool and I'd love to paint them. Well, boom, like now I've got four Nighthaunt models painted, right? And then I've got four other Nighthaunt models that I can paint and some Stormcast Eternals and and then some cool vampires, right? Like, well, but but it wasn't a huge investment to get those different models that I can paint up and and hey, bonus, I get to play a, a cool game with them too. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like with this one, grabbing those extra warbands is almost like just grabbing a little expansion for a board game, right? Yeah. That's that's all you're doing, right? And and it's and it's neat because yeah, you can get a bunch of different models for not a huge investment. Yeah, I, I I want a little Stormcast Eternal army. I can grab this little warband, right? I want to try some a skeletal death army. I can grab this little warband, right? And they're not overly expensive that that it's it, it breaks the make. I you know I have this I have one army in Underworlds. I have okay I have one army in 40k. I will never buy another 40k army. There's just just I, I I won't do it. Same with hordes. I have one army in hordes. I have one army in a song of ice and fire. I, ha- I have, okay. I have two armies in uh star Wars Legion, but that's only because I bought the starter set and it came with the two. Right. Uh, but yeah, like I only ever buy one army. This is one game. I've already decided that I'm going to go out and buy another war band. Uh, the other Skaven war band, because I, I love Skaven, but like, you can easily pick up war bands that you think are cool. Mm-hmm. If I wanted skeleton miniatures, uh, you know, I, I I have a game on my shelf that's called Frost Frostgrave, uh, which is a miniatures agnostic game, which means you can bring miniatures from any other thing and play in this game. I want to build a necromancer wizard. Well, if I want skeletons, I can buy a war band here and boom, use those in that game. And now I've, you know, it's a it's a, a cheaper way to grab. And I mean, they're GW model, models, so they're beautiful models. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even even the old Shade Spire, I think, was the first season. Even if you look at some of those ones, like they're they're unique sculpts for this game, right? So you can get some really beautiful models um, that I, are, are GW great quality, right? Um, what about other other parts of this uh, game? Do you, like quality wise and artwork wise and all that uh, type? What do you what do you think of that? Yeah the the dice are nice. They're they're smaller than a standard die. I would say they're they're more 100%. like Chessex size, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, which is surprising for you know custom dice. Yeah. Yeah, with the custom symbols, but I kind of like them. I kind of like I like how they roll. I don't, I don't know. When we play 40k, we often use like the Chessex size dice because yeah. you're rolling, so it it feels. You're right. Like you look at it, and those are smaller dice. That's weird, but at the same time, it kind of it 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 almost makes sense in a miniatures right. game to have smaller dice. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's it's hard to say. That's you a bad thing, but yeah. Big chonky dice like rolling over all the components, right? Or rolling yeah. in your miniatures. Like the real estate is limited. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um 
you know, cardboard tokens. You, so you got to buy like a starter set to get all the tokens and everything. So like if you bought the starter set and it comes with two armies and it comes with enough tokens and dice for both players. Yeah. And then I could just pick up a war band, but uh, well, like we said before, we both have starter sets. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. I mean, cardboard tokens, they're, they're perfectly great. They're, yeah like the chits and everything yeah absolutely yeah and then the, the boards are nice and i like how they implement that like you can have different boards and 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 pick different and their different strategies of course and they're double-sided yeah which yeah. is nice too right so like i have two boards both double-sided so that's four different artwork boards right so and then i have the same and i bring those and now we have eight boards to choose from right <laughs> so many combinations yeah 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 and the miniatures of course are great because they're gw they're all push fit so easy for a beginner to to put them together yeah 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 uh, no, I, well, yeah actually you know what now that you say that uh the push fit was a nightmare with the uh <laughs> with the skaven Oh my goodness, I could not figure those things out. Hardest hardest miniatures I've ever put together. And I've put together a <laughs> really? number of miniatures. Yeah. And I know our buddy Kevin, because he took the other half of this box with the 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 uh shadeborn. And he had a nightmare with those where he was sharing with us, and I'm pretty sure he like snapped pieces off of his model. Yes, now, but Kevin's not the, Kevin, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's not the smoothest with his model making, so I that didn't surprise me. But I had trouble with these models, uh, putting them together, and also like, and, uh, I think part of it is what it is. Skaven are very small, yeah, uh, and have very like some of them have like little nets or little tails, and the push fit you have to put uh, some pressure on it to put them together. And I was worried right. I'm going to snap off you know, a little rat leg here when, uh, when I'm putting it together. Right. But those models that came in the nether maze, those Skaven models you have are so dynamic and, and awesome. Yeah. Right. Like it's not just a model standing on the base. It's like, there's one like standing on a pipe. There's one like floating with some like noxious gas or something underneath. Yeah. That's, you know, like, oh, it's just so cool. Sculpts are so beautiful. And the, and, and the, yeah, like the bases there's some tiled bases like it's it's yeah they're they're fantastic and oh, mine, so fantastic um what i loved was i was able to push fit these models together prime them then take them apart to paint them with the airbrush oh wow and because i don't know if you noticed but like the bat there's like the flowing like cloaks almost and then they're, mm. they have like dresses pretty much right the fade goes like from white to to light blue to dark blue on the cloaks, but it's the opposite way on the dresses. So I painted the them like dark blue at the top on the dresses. So I, I wouldn't have been able to do that if they weren't push fit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. So absolutely. It was really. I, I thought that was cool. Um, and I was really worried that once they were painted and then put together, they it would show. But yeah. no, I think I think they're pretty good. Yeah, no, they were be they're, they're beautiful models. Uh, and, and you know what? It, it's just yeah. It, it, even my concern putting them together, it's just like if you're careful, yeah. Don't, you know, you, you you could do it. It was a pain, and I couldn't figure out some of the the diagrams and how they were showing. It was very confusing. 
but I would 100% build them again. Like I would, uh, like that would not stop me from from picking these up. And then, and then as 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 far as like card stock for those cards, like yeah, th- th- these are probably the thickest cards I've 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 seen in a in a, in a game before, uh, which makes it a little more difficult for shuffling. But I I, I don't know. It's it's nice. Like they're, they're high quality cards. They're not they're not flimsy cards that you're gonna. For you sure, know, bend or break or anything like that, and the regular like card size cards, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I know production, production wise, I I I should mention actually though, um, one issue I did have with this is that the packaging, the way they package this, um, package this at the manufacturing level, not like the shipping it out to you uh, level, uh, is honestly just really dumb. Um, so they, they package these cards and each of the cards have like a piece of cardboard in the back to protect, uh, the, the card backs basically. Right. Uh, but then the way they put these cards into the box, instead of putting that cardboard piece down so that it sits on top of like the models and any of the plastic models press into this cardboard piece, uh, and don't damage the cards. They flipped it upside down. So now the cards come straight on top of these models. And if you can imagine the weight of these boxes and them moving around, uh, the front cards all have scratches across all the cards, like, and like gouges some of them, right? <laughs> or some of the cards had like nicks to the point where, like, I emailed GW and was like, hey, this is brand new. I like ordered this, reordered this, and it's coming like banged up and like, come on, guys. Like, what's yeah. what's going on? Uh, and then now they were great. Uh, they were like, hey, yeah, we're sorry. Here, we're sending you out another copy. I was like, uh, what? You're sending me <laughs> an- another copy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So they sent me out like a full, full copy of this game. And I was like, wow, that's, that's okay. I guess I can't complain much there. Right. But like, I got a, <laughs> extra copy of this game which was amazing right i only asked for a few cards and i gave them like i took pictures of the damaged cards and said hey can you just send me this list of cards right but i guess they don't print them print them se- separately or not but so but yeah that like yeah well the other the, thing with the cards yeah. sorry was like i don't understand in the nether maze set you got mm-hmm. the card backs are totally different than like everything they printed before that. Yeah, yeah. Why? With this set, they switched that. Yeah, and everybody was up in arms about it too because you're a deck building game, and now you have backs of your cards that are different. Yeah. So now you got to sleeve all those cards, right? Like that's if you're going to a turn, you have to sleeve these, or else you're you you, you know you could argue that you have. Uh, unfair advantage or your your right. your opponent might get an advantage because they can see oh that's an older older back so that's an older card uh and you know makes it, no sense it doesn't make any sense i think that was a mess up on their behalf uh which yeah that's a definite oversight but yeah yeah the the the, the packaging of these boxes was to to the point too like that was the cards i talked about one of Kevin's models too, uh, I I believe, like 
part of a cloak was also chipped and the mm. chip was in there right now again our buddy kevin doesn't super care about that stuff uh so i gave him the chip anyway like i gave him his models and was like here's the here's the chip that was already out or whatever and then he like immediately put it in his pocket and it fell out of his pocket and he lost it (laughs) (laughs) so he got home and was like yeah that's gone i don't know where that went oh Um, man but like if you're packaging something and you're because you package it so poorly that the stuff in your box is breaking that's like what is wrong with you like what you know like come on uh so it's uh, not uh, like they're new at no you know packaging and shipping miniatures like yeah Uh, oh it's it's really funny and actually it was on reddit today and i saw somebody posted that they just bought a box uh i don't know if it was nether maze or the latest season they just bought it and all their cards came damaged and whatever and and they're like is this normal and i actually responded on them like yeah this is just a like this is how they package it and the manufacturing you'd be extremely lucky the net the, so the 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 game they sent me next still had some of the damage on the cards but i was able to like mix and match the cards between the two so that like i have a only a few cards and usually it's the it's the card front that just explains this is the universal deck that are scratched up now so right. none of the actual playing cards which is nice but yeah the, so i explained to this person it's just how they clearly package it up on the manufacturing side so if you're unlucky and really what it comes down to is how much that box moves uh if it's moved from one shelf to another and then another shelf and then put in the mail and then you know you're gonna have more scratches on your cards if that card like just came out out of the the off the line and is on like the top of the skid and then gets shipped out and then packaged and sent to you okay it didn't jostle that much so you might be okay right so it's just like it's the lottery with these with these boxes i find right uh which is unfortunate but you know at the same time and I've got their, um, I guess, updated two-player starter set. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've got, well, a, a couple more boxes, right? And I haven't mm-hmm. had any issues like that. So yeah. See, that's, I, a, wonder that's if it was, I wonder if it's just Nether Maze they, yeah. they packaged in a weird way. Uh, and, and, you know, like, maybe, maybe this was another oversight, right? Like, just if you're putting cards on top of hard plastic that hard plastic's probably going to scratch the cards and the weight of the cards might damage the plastic right so you got to be especially pointy right yeah <laughs> like well, the plastic's that's it, pointy right and those two the nether maze box with the skaven and these uh, uh these elves that are everything is very thin and small pieces and small cloaks and everything, right? They're not bulky space Marines that, yep. you know, you throw a book on and they're fine because <laughs> their arms are massive, right? No, no, no. Right. The, the, the ankle part is like a millimeter thick piece of plastic, right? These are thin, thin models, right? So yeah. 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 But overall, like uh, this game's fun. It's, it, it's a lot of fun. If you're, if you're, at all interested in getting into like miniature war games and you want to like dip a toe into like halfway between a war game and a board game this is where you want to start well that's it for this week's episode thank you so much for listening 
Check out our social media feeds for images of the games we played this week, hobby progress, and more. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and review to help appease the almighty algorithm. If you'd like to support our show, you can buy us a coffee. Links on our website and in the episode description. Or just tell your friends about us and spread the good word. Tune in next week for more unscripted banter and deep dives into our favorite board games. Until then, gentle listeners, good gaming and good night. Good night, folks. <laughs>